1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
0: Fall guy. what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because
0: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the Hiker Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Hiker Podcast. I am Andy Neal. I am your host. I'm asking the why questions of hiking. I'm asking hikers, how has hiking changed you? And how are you changing the world around you? I'm getting to know the hiker behind the trucking poles, and I'm taking you along with me. Thank you so much for listening this week. To the Hiker Podcast. I'm so excited for this week's episode. Brought to you by CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. Also brought to you by Canock Outdoors, not Senock, not Knock Canock Outdoors, makers of all your water storage needs while on the trail. But also, of course, you know I'm going to say it, makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles. I've tried to break them. I can't do it. Also, you'll hear a little bit more from our other sponsor. Sawyer products they keep you outdoors, all the different ways they keep you outdoors with, of course, the Sawyer filters for water and also the sprays and other things to keep insects and Lyme disease at bay as you're hiking this spring and summer on the trail. And of course, brought to you by Patreons like you. If you want to follow any of our sponsors, get their wares, support me in the show go to the description of this episode. If you'd like to support me on Patreon, go to the description of this episode or go to hikerpodcast.com. All the information is there. You can also follow me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. I'm really excited this week. We had the one, the only, Cara Richardson whiteley on the show this week. Influencer, author, hiker and mountaineer, all around amazing person inspiration behind a film based on her book gorge which will star this is us actress chrissy mests i'm so excited oh my gosh yeah and if you're like in my household that's obsessed with this is us yes and i i i often get compared to 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 to, to Toby on This Is Us. People are like, oh, you look like Toby from This side. I, I know, I know, I know. I get that comparison a lot. He's a lot taller than me, though. Anyway, it's the beard. I think it's the beard. I think it's the beard. Anyways, um, so excited to have Kara on the show. We had an amazing conversation about her story, her journey, um, about being plus size in these outdoor spaces, about eating disorders. And uh, really, she was amazing talk to and we could have probably spoken for another hour um, so after a quick word from our sponsor sawyer products my conversation with influencer author hiker cara richardson
0: Whiteley. we're sawyer And since 1984, we've been creating technically better solutions for peace of mind in the outdoors. Why? Because we believe everyone deserves to be safe. We believe nature wants to be explored. We believe industry standards should be exceeded. We believe nonprofits deserve some of ours. And we believe the outdoors is a place for community from the backcountry to the backyard. We're more than an outdoor company. And we believe a thank you is due to anyone who supports our products. Because of you, we spent a decade teaming up with over 140 charities in 80 countries, bringing Sawyer water filtration systems to people in need all around the world. You help us aid refugees, disaster zones, and life-saving efforts around the world, perhaps without even knowing it. So thank you from everyone here at Sawyer. Together, we are saving millions of lives.
1: i've had a lot of amazing guests on this podcast i've never had anyone who is having a movie made about them like myself as as, as a as an aspiring filmmaker and as a as someone who graduated from film school two years ago this is exciting to have Kara richardson wiley on the show hiker influencer inspirational speaker just i'm, I'm super excited to have cara on the show Kara, how are you doing today
0: I'm good, but think about how I feel. So excited to be on your podcast. I mean, oh. <laughs> really, you're incredible, and I'm so delighted to just have a conversation with you today. Thank you
1: so much for coming on, Kara. Um, before we get into stuff, just introduce yourself. You you meet someone on trail, you tell them about yourself. What would you tell them?
0: Yeah, so uh, my name is Kara Richardson-Whitely, and most people know me for the book Gorge: My Journey Up Kilimanjaro at 300 pounds. That's the story, my memoir of climbing Kilimanjaro three times. And that's the book that is being made into a movie uh, produced by This Is Us actress Chrissy Metz, and she is also planning to star as me. So um, that is part of my story. And since I started to get you know, recognized as an extended sizes or plus size hiker and started to work with L.L. Bean and uh, Keen and other companies to showcase, you know, this is what an adventurer looks like. It's not all just washboard ads. <laughs> I, I started to delve and kind of tap into my background, not only as a journalist, but also as in a branding agency. And I studied uh, disruptor strategy at Harvard Business School online. And now I serve as an advisor to brands to help them connect with the 67% of women who are size 12 and above. And it's such, there's so much unmet need in that market, not just in apparel, but in camping gear, in automobiles, in travel, and, you know, right now in, in sleeping, you know, and anything that, that you know, where a body can be needs to be more accessible and accepted uh, for this market.
1: So talk a little bit about how you first discovered the outdoors and what led to you summoning Kilimanjaro three times. I mean, that's impressive for the most, you know, most adventurous straight size hiker. Um, you did it three times. Let's, let's talk about that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So if you want to back it up just a wee bit here, um, you know, I grew up in rural Canada and Vermont and, um, you know, that was a wonderful upbringing, but, Things started to take a turn in my life when I was nine years old and my parents were on the verge of this really, really difficult divorce. And my first memory of binging was when they were just screaming at each other and I would literally hide in the pantry and the crunching or that sound in my mouth would drown out their screams at each other and it would take me to another place. And back then I didn't know what I was developing was an eating disorder where I was putting food in the place of the emotions that I need to feel, that I need to process, that I need to move forward from, you know, fast forward a couple of years, they do get divorced. We moved to Vermont. I'm a latchkey kid. Of course, now I'm on the heavier side because my what I'm eating is not very balanced and I'm not moving a lot because I'm depressed. And um, I, I 12 years old, I get sexually assaulted. And again, the situation happens and the only thing i can think of in the in this setting was to get up and offer the guy something to eat and it worked i was 12 years old it was actually my 12th birthday and i i've got kids now my oldest is 14 and then i've got a 9-year-old and a 6-year-old and when i look back at these incidents you know with food i, I can i can see that i interpreted that as food saved me food stopped that horrible situation allowed me to kind of regroup and, and get out of there. And, you know, moving forward, that was my MO for everything, for every emotion, the highs, the lows, it was all about pushing it away and feeling safe inside my body. But of course, like any vice, like any addiction, like anything, it started to take hold of the things that brought me joy, that, that, you know, purity of, you know, being out in the woods where, you know, when I was a little kid, I mean, my front yard was a forest, right? I mean, there would be trilliums and salamanders in the stream. And I I would just find hours upon hours outside. And the more that I binged as a, you know, a, a kid, a teen, an adult, the less time I started spending outside. And so I was about to turn 30 and I realized, you know, not only could I barely walk up a staircase, but also my life didn't reflect what I took the most joy from. And I got this adventure travel catalog in the mail. And I, I looked at the pictures and I realized that I was saying the same thing all the time. I looked at these pictures and I said, I'm going to do that when I lose weight. So these glorious pictures of Machu Picchu, Kilimanjaro and the Alps, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to do that when I lose weight. And ever I realized, you know what, Cara? Everything is followed by that clause, when I lose weight. I'll, I'll go to the doctors when I lose weight. I'll buy myself a whole new wardrobe when I lose weight. And so it was time for me to start changing the way that I think about the things that I value, that I aspire to, and not have that to be such a roadblock and at the time, of course, this was before there's been almost a revolution in extended sizes these days. but this was long before that, where the highest size you could get was like a men's double XL, right? Women's didn't need mm-hmm. and an XL, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, go, I went to the store and even the socks were too tight. But I could get myself the 50 hikes of New Jersey book. And a water bottle, like a Nalgene water bottle, the kind that, like, if you and the water bottle fell off the side of a mountain, it would survive, and you wouldn't. Yep, (laughs) Yep. I needed one of those. So, you know, I start on this path of hiking and moving forward, and it was terrifying. It was terrifying to think that I was going out on a path I didn't know what was going to happen. But what I realized was, the outdoors was the exact opposite of my binging life, right? Because the binging was all about pushing it away. The second I stepped into the forest and was just taken in by the canopy above, I mean, it was all about bringing it in. All the emotions, the the uncertainty of like where is this trail going to lead? Is it going to stink or is it going to be awesome, you know? What's around the corner? Is it a jerk who's going to make a comment about my body or give me some kind of weird diet advice? Is it someone who's going to be kind? is it going to be a bear is it going to be you know or is there going to be nothing is this going to be a hike where i have to just kind of sit with myself this whole time and go through what i go through and just get to the end of the trail and that's what i i really fell in love with hiking in the outdoors that you know if you're quiet and you're present you can you can see the wind in the trees you can you can feel and and experience the snow melting as it goes into the brook. You know, uh, you can feel the mud sticking your boots. You know, a little making it a little tougher for you to walk, and you know, not certain how like how deep your boots going to go in the next <laughs> big big mud things. I mean, I hike in Vermont, so we got lots of mud there. Um, so i loved that about it and i that was really the beginning of my healing was allowing myself to do those things that bring me joy again and um i followed that all the way to the top of kilimanjaro once um i felt like i was on top of the world um then i had a whole other adventure in mind where um i was going to have a baby you know i decided that i was um ready to be a mom but what i really didn't realize was that well, I got the, the motion and the activity part down, which allowed me to go to the top of Kilimanjaro. I had this tremendous weight loss and everybody was thinking I was this mountain mama. Um, but about a year after I was on the top of the mountain, I had a baby and I didn't recognize how important it was to do the mental work of it all. Right. Um, I knew the narrative. I knew the story of why I turned to food. But what I really missed in my journey was that ability to to cope with the stress of life. You know, I know now that you know back then I had binge eating disorder. That's it's the most common and uh, least diagnosed binge you know eating disorder out there. Um, And I needed to do some work not only in you know therapy, but also recognize that I missed a lot of those um, emotional regulation, um, organization of my time, uh, having difficult conversations with people, especially about things like money or things that trigger triggered me. Um, I had to learn that like sleep deprivation was one of my biggest triggers. And so there were all these things that I had to learn that I didn't learn for that first time. I was just kind of moving more. And so my body was able to, um, go with the flow and go to the top of the mountain um, and so, after that, after the birth of my daughter, I found myself in a lot of similar, if not worse, patterns because I was so sleep deprived and money was, you know, so tight um, that I was binging a lot. and not only that, but hiding and replacing food. So, I thought I'd go back to the mountain a second time because I felt like, okay, maybe it was Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro was the reason why I had my stuff together, right? Um, but spoiler alert, it was not (laughs) because I went back to the mountain. I wasn't as well-trained. I was in a pretty dark place because I was almost like going to the mountain as a way of punishing myself. Like you better get back on top girl. Right. And, um, that one, I actually had to stop on summit night. I didn't quite make it to the top. And, um, I, I felt like I would never, ever hike again. I thought I was done. This is stupid. I don't belong in this world. I mean, look at all these people who now, you know, because everybody, you know, if you're coming down Kilimanjaro, everyone asks, Did you make it? Did you make it? Did you make it? It's kind of this automatic question of these anxious climbers who are about to take on the mountain like, Did you make it? And they have to answer, No, I didn't make it. I was feeling sick. I was all these other things. But the truth of the matter is, is that I didn't take it as seriously as I needed to. And also, I just was in a really, really dark place emotionally and physically. So I thought I wasn't going to climb again and um, a few people had reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to climb the mountain with them. Um, And I started to think to myself, you know, how can I say no? You know, that's often a question we ask ourselves. How can I say no to this opportunity to reclaim myself, to, to be back on top, all those things that went through my mind and I decided to turn the question around. The question was not, how do I say no? The question is, how do I say yes? And I had to realize that hiking wasn't about, you know, being in top physical form. It wasn't about summiting or not summiting. It was about that feeling that it all started with about pulling it in, about knowing that this is the, this is the thing that brings me the most joy, the most adventure for my soul and, um, I had to come to a place mentally, physically doing work with therapists and all this other stuff about loving my body where it is and going from there. I had to stop looking at myself like some kind of before and after picture because that was not effective. It, you know, we, we know now, you know, about like the diet industry and how ineffective a lot of that stuff is for people. In fact, in fact, incredibly harmful for someone who has, binge eating disorder or any kind Mm -hmm. of eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to love myself where I was and go from there. And that meant that I would train. I would train hard without the expectation of ever losing a pound. I would, you know, take myself seriously. I would, I would take the time to train because I was worth it. Right. I was worth giving it my best shot. I would balance my time better. I would give back to myself instead of just kind of putting it out there, like some kind of punishment. And I was just going to take it one step at a time. And, you know, that, that third climb was, you know, I feel like the most successful one because it allowed me to get up and over all these expectations of my body, but I found a new found respect for it that I can just build upon and move from there.
1: Wow. Um, your experience is both inspiring and, and just, I, I relate to it a lot because, um, in, in 2019, I was diagnosed with, with binge eating disorder and, mm-hmm. um, you know, been heavy my whole life and did a lot of work with a therapist figuring out why that happened. You know, my, my mother was a drug addict and, mm-hmm. you know, to keep, to appease me, she would feed me. And so all my good memories with my mother involved food. So. It was always eat, 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 and um, it's it's been a struggle dealing with that and coming to terms because even as as a guy to say be open about the fact you have an eating disorder, people like oh that's something that's something for women and it's just but just to be open like this this has no gender, this has no this affects everyone and what you said about it being. The most common and least diagnosed, um, and often I think most stigmatized of the eating disorders. Um, People just tell you just eat less, and you know just don't you know you know replace it with an apple, fatty. I mean, I've been told (laughs) that before. Um, Why do you think? Because we we have we we do have a lot of 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 fellow plus size um, hikers and listeners, but I also have a lot of straight size listeners as well. Um, What do you you think there's a stigma with eating disorders and especially binge eating disorders within the fitness and outdoor industry? And there's kind of a a side eye. It's like, oh, no, you're just saying that as an excuse. Like I've gotten that before, too. Oh, you're just saying that as an excuse. You're making that up. That's not real.
0: Right. You know, it's such a good question, Annie. I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I believe that there's just been this narrative this narrative of diet culture in our our lives that has been so dangerous and so damaging. Yes, yes, for many of us. Um, and you know, there is from the Biggest Loser to um, you know just this. I, I just remember this parade of like magazine covers about you know lose ten pounds in a week, lose twenty pounds in a month. You know, all these promises, 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 and. And yet you and I know that restriction is actually more triggering Mm -hmm. than, you know, just trying to find balance, trying to find peace. I will always, this is the wrong word, I know, like do better for myself. I will always choose myself and choose things for myself that are more beneficial for myself if I'm not trying to diet and Mm -hmm. people just can't wrap their brains around that you know and to top it off like i you know i'll be actually sharing this starting today on my social media but i was um i was just diagnosed with lipedema and that explains like my weight is so disproportionate between my navel and my knees like i carry um i don't generally say size but like pounds because you know I work in the eating disorders realm but I, w- I carry the majority of my weight from my hips to my knees right
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I just found out that it's lipedema. and I mean um, there's one doctor who told me you could die of anorexia before you lose that weight and I oh, mean wow. it was so it was so I, I don't know if I was angry or glad or confused and then like part of me internally like here I am I've got this medical diagnosis I've got insurance coverage to treat this at this point right and yet still in my mind I think like this maybe this isn't real (laughs) like maybe it's not real Mm -hmm. because we're just so trained that this is all our fault it's a you know just an equation of willpower and weight and it's not it is not and like the more that you and I are out there and being vulnerable and open with people about our experiences. The more we're gonna kind of break that stigma, and um, and to help people to understand. I mean, look, I, I was um, on the Long Trail in the summer of 2020. I I, I hiked a hundred miles of it. The Long Trail is the trail between. Um, it, it goes along the ridgeline of Vermont, starts at the Massachusetts border, and ends in Canada, and. Here I was, I was doing my first overnight with my friend Allie. Um, her trail name is Junebug. Mine's Mama Kubwa. Anyway, we're sitting having a snack and some guy comes up the trail and he uh, makes this joke. He's like, he's like, what's the difference between long trail hikers and Appalachian trail hikers? And, you know, this is the section of the long trail where it's both. It's the Appalachian trail and it's the long trail, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like B B B, and we're kind of thinking like, I'm like boots, yeah, backpack, yep, and like we couldn't figure out the last B. And he's like body fat, and I'm like you jerk, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like I'm here doing it right. I'm showing up, and you got to make some comment about my body. And to give you an idea of like how ready people are to have this conversation. I wrote a piece in Backpacker magazine because I'm now a contributor for them. And um, it was about this experience of being fat shamed on, on the long trail. It got more conversions from readers to paid subscribers than any other piece of content for months. And the editor who um, accepted the piece got more emails, just glowing emails. Thank you for showing um, you know, this picture of a hiker who doesn't look like, the typical backpacker image, people are so ready to feel represented and heard and seen and like, and to really feel part of this community because until it was that I was meeting people like you or, um, you know, Myrna, my friend, Myrna Valerio. love the Myrna Vader. I know. How can you not? She's just one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, you know, I really felt like the OG, like I'm the only person out here, but we're so, we're the, we're the majority, right? Mm-hmm, there's more people mm-hmm. above the size 14 women's than, than below it. So it's mm-hmm. crazy to think that there's any other mindset about that.
1: And I love what you say. You, 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 I mean, thank you for sharing about, you know, lipidemia and, 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 and coming to the, getting that diagnosis. I think that opens up conversation about you don't know where people are at when when you see someone um i was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2016 and it took it took i had medical problems for years and it took years for to be diagnosed with it because doctors would look at me i was always the bigger guy and they think oh someone with celiac disease is always skinny they're malnourished and they get my blood panels back oh his blood panel is showing he has no iron he has no vitamin. what's going on but he's you know he's big What's going on? And finally, I had a nutritionist explain to me. It's like, with your body type, what happened was you weren't getting the nutrition you needed from food because your body couldn't absorb gluten. So you were always, always hungry. Add trauma on top of that oh, yeah. and eating disorder, the no wonder. And so you never know what someone's been through. You never know what what their body has been through. And when you hear, you know, someone come up to trail you and say BBB, it just, oh, uh, it disgusts me. Right. Um, and I, I know you, you've you seen, I've, you know, recently, you know, having gone viral last month, they get these people who just come up and and unsolicited advice and they email you and they just, they then they genuinely think they're helping you. Right. By being jerks. And, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> wow, right. like, I'm just trying to motivate you, bro. And I'm like, no, no
0: you're, you're not just helping. No, you're a jerk.
1: <laughs> and, and to help some of our listeners understand, like, you know, you how you, you talked about the biggest loser, that is the most toxic, unhealthy way to lose weight, period, because our bodies are, you know, you, you lose that you're you're exercising 12 hours a day, you're restricting your, your calories to one or 2000 calories. And you do that for, you know, however many weeks or months, and then you go back to the real world, your body is like, what the heck happened here? I need to go. I need to go into reserve mode. So your body just starts storing it and then it rests with your metabolism. And I've seen story after story of people who went on the, like the biggest loser and they gained all and more back and they were staying active. They were still going to the gym every day. They were right. trying to watch their calories, but there's no way in the real world you can exercise 12 hours a day and live on a 1000 calorie diet.
0: Right. I mean, it's, it's almost like, um, survival mode right that's exactly that's what the body was put into and and the same goes with you know what why should you be talking about anybody's bodies anyway right and exactly. I exactly i had a friend who's gone, who's had a crazy awful year right and she lost a tremendous amount of weight and it's one of the only things that people want to talk to her about and it's like this doesn't this re- represent like oh me at my goal weight it means like I'm in pain. <laughs> and what about somebody who's got cancer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. suddenly they're, oh, you've lost, you seem like you're, you're losing weight. It's like, well, yeah, in a few months I'll be losing my hair because of my treatment. You know, like, it's just so passe. It's just not even worthwhile to, to make that kind of comment because it doesn't help. It doesn't it's- help.
1: Yeah, it's like cuz I've been on the diet up and down, you know, I've I've gone lost 70, gained it all back and you know, it it's just those, those comments people are always so happy, oh great, you're good for you. You know, you're 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 staying on your diet and then when you you let up a little bit, oh, are you are you are you still on your diet? Are you still in the gym? Are you still mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow, I've just disappointed everybody because my body doesn't meet your standards.
0: And right. Right. And, and yeah. like
1: people people now are surprised like I hike, you know, I can go out and hike 20 miles. I go to the gym. If, if on days I don't hike, I go to the gym and I'm not, and I haven't stepped on a scale since October of 2021 now. And I don't plan on stepping on a scale until I get my next physical. Cause I have to, Um, cause that's not why I'm doing it. It's not right. why I'm doing it.
0: Right. I mean, like people don't believe that I'm like a card carrying member of the Peloton cult. I love my Peloton more than any purchase I've ever brought. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, what's, it's what helped me survive the, the pandemic. And, that and hiking, those two things. And yet, people always act surprised. They always mm-hmm. act surprised. I mean, but I think that what's most important, Andy, is that, you know, you and I and everybody out there who's listening, just keep showing up. Yep. Just keep surprising people. Like, oh, you're surprised? You know, are you shocked? Oh, mm-hmm. don't be shocked. This is me. This is Andy. <laughs> I love
1: that. You know,
0: we're just out there doing our thing. You know, let us be and let us, you know, let, let me lap you as a... <laughs> <laughs> I love that yes. as I, as I'm hiking, because it's what makes me happiest. Yep. You know, that's, I mean, that that's, I think is the most important thing, um, for people to understand is all like, right. you're not, ta- you're not helping someone when you're talking about your thing, you know, the thing that helps you nutritionally, because we all have got our own thing. We all have our own needs. We all have our own stories with our bodies and some of it we can control. And sometimes we can't. You know, exactly. Um, It's, but what we can control, what I mean, I found that I can control is I can be outside. I, you know, even, even though these past couple of years I've been dealing with, um, you know, a knee injury, I can still do things. I still use my poles and I get out there. I get my, I get great boots. I get great gear. I'm comfortable. I'm slow moving, but like, I'm still doing it because it brings me the most joy. So
1: you are, firmly in the, the 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 influencer realm you are a social media influencer you've worked with columbia which is a favorite of mine i've I've worked with columbia they've been amazing amazing to me big shout out to andre out there at columbia a plus size merchandiser who's been amazing to me and uh, you've worked with LL Bean. you worked with keen what has been your experience working in the plus size outdoor apparel industry
0: um well it's been great i mean for those companies that you know, really embrace their extended sizes and are showcasing them more and more and more. I mean, I think that's been incredible. And um, Ella Bean for me has been a company that I've worn for the longest time because they've had extended sizes. I think it's taken companies a long time to showcase them in a way that they're finally doing it now. And I'm happy to see movement about that. Yeah. Um, but it's been, I mean, now, now L.O. has even expanded their uh, plus size offerings um, beyond what they've ever had before. And they've had a lot for a long time. Um, I'm really excited because, you know, anytime I've gone to Outdoor Retailer, I went, of course, like in January of 2020 before the world shut down. Mm-hmm. And then I went again with my friend awen Turner. She is the creator of um, Wander Outdoors, uh, which is a, a pants uh pants company that's gonna go up to 6x and um it'll be launched later this year. Um but you know the two of us would walk the floor and it just every time you know, those between the 20 January 2020 and then um last year I mean the growth in the extended size market and how people want to serve that extended size market has shifted dramatically. But I think where there still is work that needs to be done is um is in connecting with that market and i think what you and i kind of hinted at earlier is that there's just so much repair to be done for those customers and you know we're the customer who has been always sent online oh you can get that online right yes you you know Yes. yes we carry up to three apps uh but you can get that online And so as a customer, you're thinking to yourself, or I used to think to myself, well, let's see, I need a pair of like technical pants. That's like $150. Do, how do I know how they fit? And if I have to buy two, then I'm out, you know, 300 bucks. Right. And then I got to return one, go through that process, blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing is, is that, you know, you go into a store and like, maybe the brand has just sized up from their regular size and it's like, nothing like, what it should be like or fit, and people's bodies gain weight in such different ways that you don't know. You know, or like for me, like because I carry so much weight in my hips, like oftentimes a three X won't fit. I mean, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes a twenty eight fits sometimes I'm a size thirty, sometimes I'm a four X, sometimes I'm a three X, and it's just so completely varied that when You know, a shopper has taken the time and effort to go to your store, who's walking a mall that like for years, decades, has only had one plus size store in the whole darn building, right? They show up, they're excited to try, excited to buy, and you don't have it on the shelves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's such a burn and it's embarrassing too, right? Because you're asking for extended sizes, Oh, sorry, I don't have those. And there's like all these other all these other racks of clothing that aren't selling because guess what? There aren't enough customers for those darn pieces of like size four, size two, size six, right? And yet there's somebody who's coming in and you can't even serve them. And so what I help um, companies do is to create a better you know decision chain, customer chain um, to help people interact with that brand better because there has been so much damage done over the years and how to highlight, how to highlight those extended sizes without being like really garish. And like, I don't know. I mean, there's some brands it's almost like a turn-off, you know, because of the way they're marketing extended sizes. So there's just this happy medium where you're meeting people where they are, you're capturing their interests, you're You know, you're really highlighting your product in a way that is appealing and is exciting and, and people know they're not going to get burned again.
1: It's it's funny. You see, walking to the mall, I just had that experience this last Saturday. Um, I needed a pair of, a pair of denim jeans. I'm walking. Okay. I know where I can go. You know, there's where I live. There's, there's no men's plus size store. There's Torrid in the mall. Mm -hmm. That's Mm it. I know I can go to Kohl's. I can go to JC Penney's and that's it go to one they have everything you know everything below my size everything above my size but i need i have short stubby legs it's how i am but they don't have the right length go to pennies and it's like okay dig 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 not there oh oh clear track dig and it's just like this all process for one pair of jeans for one pair of jeans and right now it's frustrating it's like you know you want you want other plus size stuff and in both in both areas they had like outdoor stuff right next to the plus size and then offer any outdoor plus size stuff, even though they, the companies they are offering do, but to get those, I have to go online. And it's just, Oh, it's, it's, it's this constant struggle and it's almost humiliating. Oh,
0: um, it's absolutely humiliating. But also it's like, it's not fun. It's not nope, fun to like, nope. you know, like right now I'm wearing this really cool, um, L. L. Bean shirt. Uh, um, forgive me, I'll have to put it in the show notes of what the name of the shirt is because I, I, you know, it's early and I don't know, the name, I don't know the, the name off the top of my head. But anyway, it feels great. You know, it feels really cool and the fabric is awesome. And if I had if I had gone to a store and just kind of put, you know, you know that feeling where you're kind of shopping and you have that tactile interaction with a piece of clothing, mm-hmm. like, ooh, I love this. I love the way this feels. I love the way this stretches. I love the way this fits, you know, you miss that when you get everything just sent to you,
1: just yep. mailed to you. And then um, well, you have to you have to buy two or three sizes, and then return it, and then get the returning the return fees and that whole process. And sometimes you forget to do it in time, mm-hmm. so you have this piece of clothing that, well, maybe if I gain weight or lose weight, depending on what size, I might be able, I might need this.
0: Yep. It's, yeah, yeah. It's very frustrating. So you know, I hope that you know you and I. We helped to change the culture of, of the shopping experience because, you know, let's face it, a lot of retails, retailers are in trouble, especially after the pandemic. Yes. And so you have to think like a, a disruptor. You have to think differently about how you're going to engage with this market and make it, you know, as, as I like to say, make plus size profitable. Because, you know, for too many years, extended sizes has been, in the corner the dark corner of the store online and not really highlight it when you've got you're missing you're missing the boat you're missing like how many people can engage with your brand in a positive way if you just show it if you highlight it in a way that makes sense that you know like if you work with someone like me it's like i can help you decipher some of those trigger words good and bad because Mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about weight There's a lot of sensitive terms, you know, that are out there that you have to be careful about again, because so many of us have, you know, either diagnosed or undiagnosed eating disorders. So many of us have had trauma in the shopping arena. So many of us have just been shamed for so darn long that you have to be very careful when you approach this market. But when you do and you do it right, it will be gangbusters for you. It will be. And and not only that, you're you're helping people feel more confident, you know, in the outdoor space, but in the, in the world. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, I think it's, it's the right direction to turn no matter what the, what your path has been as a retailer or as a, you know, as a company, it's the right direction to turn because there's a tremendous amount of business and people who want to spend money on things that they deserve.
1: they're leaving money on the table.
0: Yeah. like
1: It's, it's, it's there. And that's one thing I want to communicate with retailers. Like the, 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 the demands there, you put it out there. You wonder why you can't keep it in stock. Cause people come in, it's there. We buy it. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why is my size not there? Oh, we had it, but it's gone. Why? Because there's a demand for it. Mm-hmm. And plus it's just the right thing to do. Right. When the majority of the population some studies say are in that quote unquote plus size category, it's 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 the right thing to do.
0: And it's not a specialty market anymore. It's not. No. It's not a specialty, right? It's like it's the norm. Old Navy's proved that.
1: Yeah. And they're they're doing it. And it's it's been amazing to see uh still so much work to be done um within the apparel and the fashion industry and how they portray um, plus size bodies and bigger bodies on in their advertising um, in their in their marketing and so on and so forth let's shift gears here a little bit though you wrote a book and mm-hmm. um it's being made into a movie mm-hmm. talk about your book and in the process of getting that written and then having it you know put into a screenplay and and being produced by, by chrissy metz who's a, who is an icon um, <laughs> And that it whole is, process, Well, I heard about this, it, I was just so excited. And uh, just talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I wrote the book. Um, I actually finished it um, with your uh, Oregon homegirl, Cheryl Strade.
1: <laughs> yes. If you, come, if you come to my town, Ashland, Oregon, there is a placard. Um, that talks about uh, the movie Wild that yep. was filmed in the Ashland Plaza there, and I always that's like take right. pictures with it, and uh, has right. you know, Cheryl has Cheryl Stray's name right on there, and that's the yep. that's the one time she like liked one of my posts when I uh I, uh, I posted that, so yeah. I was, oh,
0: that's awesome! I'm
1: on the Oregon Film Board or the Southern Oregon Film Commission here, so we 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 worked to get that that placard up. So I was excited. Oh, that's Anyways.
0: amazing! What a great way to honor her. But um, yeah. I finished the book in um, you know, obviously it took years to write, but. I was able to finish it in Chamonix. There was a special um 3-week class with Cheryl Strayed and you know my book deadline was coming up and um it was almost done. I just wanted to have that special time as a writer to finish the project and um it was one of the most wonderful times of my life just I mean being at the base of the French Alps I mean and and studying with the person one of, one of the people you admire most in the world. Um, and having her just kind of comb through, she combed through the first 20 pages of my manuscript and, um, and then having her blurb the book was one of the greatest honors of my life. Um, and her friendship and nurturing all this time, uh, has been a real gift. So, you know, I think what's, you asked about the process of writing a book and, um, you know, putting my feelings on the page has been, um, very cathartic. Also, you know, writing as is also therapeutic. You can see the past in a different way. Um, You can connect the dots in ways that maybe you hadn't before and maybe just talk therapy or just thinking things through. And so when you write a book, it's, it's, it really does patch together things, you know, because you have to have a beginning, middle and end in a book and, and you, you get to create the narrative, right. But your past those events are real and they're there for you to draw from. And it's, it's been a really wonderful experience, not only for me, but also those people who have seen themselves in Gorge and, and I'm not just talking about weight, you know, the reason why the project appealed to people like Chrissy Matz is that, um, of course, a lot of the story mirrors her own experience with um, body and family and all these other things, um, but also for people who don't struggle with weight, it's all about overcoming obstacles and living in the now. I mean, that's what gorge is really about. It's not. It's about not waiting anymore, you know, to be the perfect size, to have the perfect husband, to have a partner, to have the perfect job, to do the things that you want to do in life. That you just need to start where you are and go from there. Um, so when it comes to partnering with Chrissy, uh, Chrissy Metz, I had admired her so much on this is us and the writers of the show and her portrayal of Kate, because it was the first time on screen where I saw someone who wasn't the punchline of the joke. Like she wasn't, yes. just, she yes. wasn't just the laughing part of it. And, um, and like her, the experiences they highlighted were just so real. I mean, it just, I could see myself on screen and, um, It was a wonderful thing. And so I knew when she was coming to New York for a book signing that I needed to meet her. And um, on the back of her book, there's a strange call to action. I mean, like, it's really weird because, of course, to meet her at this book signing, I needed to buy her book in the beginning of the day and get this like wristband so I could come back that night. Right. And so I had all day in New York because I I live in Summit, New Jersey, which is, you know, it just wasn't worth for me to go back home, you know, whatever. So I spent the whole day in New York reading her book. And on the back, it said something like, you can do anything in your life. And when we meet, I want you to tell me what you want to (laughs) do. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. I'm going to see you tonight. And so, um, I had a copy of Gorge with me and I just had this feeling like I wanted to make it into a movie. And I wrote this note on the, uh, inside of the book and I, um, I told her that my ambition was to turn it into a movie. I didn't say, I want you to turn it into a movie. I said that, you know, you would ask what you want me to do and what what I want to do, and this is what I want to do. And so um, when it was my turn in line, um, I'm a writer, so I was like first in line. <laughs> I, know, I know how these book signing things <laughs> yep. work. Um, I, I slid the book across the table <sighs> to her, and I said, you know, I want to turn this into a movie. And she's like, that's weird. Like Mandy Moore, her co-star in um, This Is Us was on Kilimanjaro at that very moment and so I was like oh cool and you know we had this little moment this little connection um, and, and so I didn't hear from her uh, for months and so finally like so that was March and it was like August of that year I get this email from Chrissy the most beautiful email I've ever received about Gorge um, and it was about how Uh, how the book connected with her and that she wants, she met with her team already and that she wants to make this happen. And, you know, she wanted to talk with me more about what um, what we wanted to do with it. And so that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And, you know, Chrissy and I have a lot of similar paths. Um, Even though I'm not on a hit TV show, that's like a massive following and all these other things. I'm a mountain climber. And even though she's not, um, you know, a big mountain climber, there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that we relate to in each other's stories that makes our connection really beautiful and real. And anytime I see her, it's, um, you know, she's a friend uh, and I understand her in a way. And she understands me, um, in a really beautiful, possible way, a beautiful way. And so we're in the process now of, you know, all the things that need to be done to make a movie happen. And, you know, I'll meet with them uh, when I'm in LA later this month and talk more about the project and what the next steps are. But as you know, because you're in the film industry, every every project has its own Hollywood tale, turns, twists and turns, ups and downs, mm-hmm. dramatic causes, and then sweeping wonderful endings. So, you know, Chrissy always reminds me that Forrest Gump took eight years to make, and so, <laughs> I'm such a calendar kind of orientated person. I'm like, so how about we start now? How about now? How about
1: now? <laughs> that's the most frustrating thing about the inter- entertainment industry. I, I've only been—I in a, I graduated film school um, to right, right before COVID, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I've, I've been working. I've been working with a production company getting a reality show produced for four years. I was doing it while I was in film school as an intern. Now I'm an associate producer there, and it's like, when are we going to get this thing going? I'm like, oh, it takes time. To, this that's not. You have to go this and that. And then we take it to this company and they put it back, make these changes. Then we've got to shoot another thing of this and that and rewrites and this and that. It's the weirdest thing in the world to think show, the shows, these shows you see on TV all the time are these films like, oh, it just came out of nowhere. It's like, no, these things no, have not come is- out of nowhere. This took years and years and years of people putting their you know, love, sweat, blood and tears in this thing. Um, it's 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 quite an amazing process.
0: yeah yeah i i i'm really getting a new uh appreciation for every film i make of, of all the blood sweat and tears and hopes and you know how many times did they have to go back out and like just it's just it's crazy but it's it's wonderful it's it's a wonderful place to be because i feel like it will be the next step of again highlighting the story of a plus-size hiker so uh someone else might feel worthy enough to go out and do something that brings me joy. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want everybody to climb Kilimanjaro. I mean, that's, that's eight days without a shower and that's not for everybody. I and mean, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be real about that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do want people to, to connect in a way that allows them to start seeing that they can take small steps to things that bring them joy. Like right now, I do want, I do want, you know, uh, more advertisers and marketers to see like the effect of what this film will have on people um, in the outdoor space and, and sh- highlighting a story of somebody who's real and extended size hiker um, whose story is more than just willpower and weight. So, you know, that's what I'm most excited about is the, how it helps to change the cultural narrative
1: i'm i'm excited to be there opening night my local <laughs> theater um getting as many Got people it. there as possible um you know whenever 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 it gets a release date and uh, i, I want to see it in theaters uh, streaming is great but i want to see this in theaters oh yeah oh see, uh, yeah i want to see it the way it's it's meant to be seen and,
0: and it's there just, shall uh, be a red there should be a red carpet and all <laughs>
1: That that's awesome that's so
0: cool Oh
1: gosh, and what w- what that's going to do, you know, for the narrative of people, and not only the plus size outdoor community, but the plus size community that you can do anything, and then beyond the plus size community, no matter what it is, you know, you're dealing with, like you said, whatever you have to overcome, whatever your Kilimanjaro is, you know, you can do it, um, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a beautiful thing, and I'm, I'm excited for it. Cara, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and being open and vulnerable. Uh, people want to f- continue to follow in your journey, find out what's going on with you and, and even with the film. What, where would where they follow you on social media?
0: Yeah, uh, there's two really great places to find me these days. And that's uh, at Cara Richardson-Whiteley on Instagram. And you can also find me on LinkedIn because, you know, if you're interested in the extended size market, I'll be posting a lot about that there. Um, and also my website, which is com. And my gosh, thank you, Andy. This has been such a pleasure. You're you're as, as cool as I thought you'd be. <laughs> and more so. <laughs> thank you for saying that.
1: I, I really appreciate that. It's been, um, I, I like to say, I'm standing. I'm standing on other people's shoulders who've gone before me and have paved the way to make what I do on the show and on social media possible. Because uh, I've only really been at this for, you know, six seven months, and uh, you all have. Um, I I get to be successful because of the work you and so many other before me have done. So thank
0: you. Well, I I don't think I need to tell you this, but you're killing it. <laughs> so keep doing it. <laughs> anyway thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it thanks Thanks, everybody for listening and happy trails
1: thank you so much for listening to the end of the show and of course thank you to Kara for being so amazing like i said at the top of the show we probably could have spoken for another hour it really was an amazing conversation um, thank you so much Car, for being amazing to me everyone make sure buy your book follow her on Instagram do all the things you know you're supposed to do because yeah it, I, I'm excited for what what she's gonna do in not only the outdoor and plus size industry but in the entertainment industry I'm, I'm stoked I'm stoked very stoked um, once again Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being awesome to me. If you want to contact me, hikerpodcastcom You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Andy Films and Hikes. Also, I do have a YouTube channel. I see I'm gonna talk about this really quick. So um back in January, many of you know I went viral with the stupid hike for stupid mental health video I did. Right before I was gonna before that video went up and went viral, um, I was launching at the end of January, my YouTube channel. That was the plan the whole time. Um, didn't expect to go viral. YouTube channel is doing great. Um, the thing is, so much of my following is on Instagram. Now, obviously, because... And on TikTok. So I've been really focusing my energies there. My reels, videos on there. So I do have a YouTube channel. I will be posting. I'm not going to be posting weekly there. As... as as I need and as I want to post more informative videos, I'll be po- producing them, posting them on there, and we'll probably be cross-posting them onto Instagram because those that place is really just a resource where I talk about what I bring on a day hike, um, my story as a plus-size hiker, th- that sort of thing. You know, you know. So, um, but do follow me on YouTube, um, Andy Neal Plus Size Hiker. I am there. All those videos eventually will go on Instagram as well. So you can follow me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. Um, Yeah, make sure you uh, check out all of our sponsors. You can support this show by supporting them. Canuck Outdoors, CS Instant Coffee, and Sawyer Products. Also, I do have a Patreon. If you'd like to support me directly, you can go to the description of this episode or go to hikerpodcast.com. Support me on Patreon. There are some cool rewards there. And most of the time, (laughs) if things aren't crazy like they are this week, Um, You will get access to the podcast episodes as well as any videos or anything else I do before the general public. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being awesome. We're getting into the more traditional hiking seasons of spring and summer. As we're going out there, as we're getting on the trail, please make sure you're leaving no trace. You are leaving only footprints and taking only pictures. You're leaving the outdoors better than you found it. And you're also being fire safe as you're out on the trail. That way we can all enjoy these public lands. Everyone, thank you so much. Follow me on all the various social media networks. By that, I mean TikTok and Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. Make sure you follow Cara Richardson-Whiteley, you buy your buyer book. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Hiker Podcast.